At what point does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. (laughs) That was just priceless, that entire interview. That was Craig Melvin from the Today Show talking with Vice President Kamala Harris. Craig is co-host of the third hour of today. He's covering the Olympics for the Today Show, and he's an all-around great guy. Let's welcome him back to the show. It is Craig Melvin. How are you, sir? I'm well. Pete, Rob, Lisa, how are you guys doing? Man, we haven't, I looked it up, we haven't had you on in three years. We can't do that anymore. Oh, my goodness. I blame you for that. I blame you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Phone number hasn't changed. We have to talk about that interview with the vice president. During the interview, I know you were getting worked up because they were just interesting answers, but what's going through your head? Well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was getting worked up. I, I you know, when you when you have a, a finite amount of time uh, to to ask uh, questions, you want to make certain that that those questions are being answered. And you know, I'm not I'm not just there as an anchor of for the Today Show. I'm there as a journalist working on behalf of the American people. And there is no issue right now, arguably, still. Uh, that that's affecting more people directly and indirectly than the pandemic. So that that uh, you know it's 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 always um, it's always a challenge interviewing uh, you know prominent politicians right, or the right. president or, or the vice president because you know you you really want to pull their feet to the fire, but you also have you know a certain amount of time to do that, and there are other topics that yeah. you want to get to as well. So it's always a delicate dance. And you've done this for so long and we've done it for so long that you know where they're saying something that doesn't make sense because they're searching for an answer. And it's like, okay, we're waiting. What's going to come out of their mouth? But like, what a bummer. How does she not have a prepped response for the easiest question? The pandemic's been going on for three years. Biden-Harris campaigned on getting it reined in. So it is a little surprising that she had such a word salad moment for a topic that she should be pretty well briefed and have sound bites for at this point in time. Well, all, all we can do is ask questions. Right. We can't, yeah. we can't really c- control the answers, how those questions are answered. Um, so I just, I'll just keep asking the questions. Right. We're talking with Craig Melvin from the uh, Today Show. We haven't had you on in a few years. I want to say how sorry we were to hear about your older brother, Lawrence. And I love the fact, Craig, that you've been so outspoken about this and now an advocate for Colon Cancer Awareness Month, colonoscopies, and thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. In, in March, you know, next month, it's Colon Cancer Awareness Month, so we'll, we'll have some stories um, that hopefully shine even more of a spotlight. You know, here's the thing, I, and, and I've been saying this a lot over the last couple of years, and I was pleased to hear the president and the administration sort of recommit themselves to this moonshot initiative, because the reality is there is no good reason in the United States of America, that we have not been able to make more progress um, yes. with various forms of cancer, not just colon cancer, uh, but we have the best and brightest at our disposal. Um, and and it's, it's, I've always thought this, even before my mother was diagnosed, if we harnessed 
the full power of the federal government and decided, uh, regardless of politics, uh, but if we decided, you know what, we're not going to be able to eliminate cancer, but we can reduce the death rate. Um, if, right. if, we create, if we create some reasonable goals, we can do that. So I was pleased to hear that, that that's, that's been the decision. We'll see if it gets fully funded. We'll see if there's bipartisan support for it. But colon cancer is, it's, first of all, it's not a sexy cancer. Nobody wants to mm. talk about their, their colons or their rectums and getting colonoscopies and changes in their stool or blood in their stool. No one wants to talk about that. But the reality is what we've seen in this country, specifically over the last five, ten years especially, we've seen uh, more incidents of, of younger people being diagnosed with colon cancer at an, early, at an earlier age right. than, ever, than ever before. And what's most troubling about that, guys, is that heretofore, researchers haven't been able to figure out precisely why that's the case. Um, and that's, that's, that's deeply troubling. And we also know that the earlier you're diagnosed with colon cancer, typically the more aggressive that it is. So you, you've got folks like my brother who are diagnosed in their late 30s, and they're dead three years later. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, a couple of years. Last year they changed uh, the guidelines, so now it's 45 instead of 50, unless you have a family history or uh, have some other, some other conditions. But, you know, get checked. Have the conversations about family history. I and mean, there, are, there are far too many people dying of colon cancer. And that's the thing. Yeah. As you know, if, if you catch it early enough, then you just zap the polyps and you're fine. It's a nothing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. People it's just start getting checked. You know, Craig, my father-in-law, Chuck, died of colon cancer 20 years ago. And after he passed away, my wife, Sarah, said, you know what? I'm going to go in. And they found six polyps. And think about it. At the time, you know, and she was so young, they would have never caught that until you get to, what, your 50s, right? That was the baseline. But thank God she went in. Yes. And think about all of the people, um, like, like Sarah, who who don't go in, and other people, other people who ignore their bodies. I, you know, people, yeah. you know, for my, my brother, for instance, you know, he goes in, he's like, oh, my, my stomach's hurting. You know, the doctor's like, oh, you're in your late 30s. It's probably, you know, it's probably just stress. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's something uh, related to stress. Let's change your diet. We're going to change your diet. Um, and they, they put him on a high-fiber diet, and then he goes back a couple months later. It's not better. And they dismiss it as I forget, they dismiss it as something else. It takes it takes a third trip, a third trip to the yeah. doctor for them to say, you know what? Yeah. Maybe we should, out of an abundance of caution, just run a scan. And lo and behold, they run the scan. And at that point, you know, the tumor was 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 so large and it, it had metastasized so much that it was inoperable. Yeah, um, that's a really so, important point. Is that you have to often um, push back against doctors. I think a lot 100%. of us are taught that the doctors know everything and that we have to take their word as gold. But don't be scared to get a second opinion. Don't be scared to say, you know what, doc? I already tried that. My gut knows something's wrong. And push for a test. Say, what can I be tested for? What are the other options? Because a lot of times they are going to go based upon insurance and whatever and try to start at the lowest, easiest course of treatment path of least resistance as, as my doctor uh says to me jokingly from time to time you know every doctor yeah. doesn't finish in the, in the top quarter of their class <laughs> right it's <laughs> so true well yeah. in, in like ray romano ray romano's famous line about getting a colonoscopy he said i'm not afraid that it's going to hurt 
I'm afraid that it's not going to hurt, <laughs> which is classic. But, you know, look, at they you, you get a little loopy. You've got to drink the stuff prior to the exam. Uh, but it's it is no big deal. You, you're you're literally oh. what, 15, 20 minutes, a half an hour. It's, it's not that big. You're in and out. Yeah. And, and you have peace of mind for years. Yeah. 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 I um, want to talk Olympics. Okay. <laughs> how, ex- <laughs> how excited are you, Lisa? <laughs> I'm excited. Well, I want to hear Craig's level of excitement. Craig, are you pumped? I'm, listen, I better be pumped because I, I'll, I'll be in Beijing <laughs> 24 hours from now. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. You know, these will be these will things. Let me make sure I'm doing the math right. Um, Beijing will be my fourth games, and probably the most challenging uh, in terms yeah. of. How how we are how we are going to be able to cover the games, but people will sometimes ask me about the favorite part of, of the job, and I tell them all the time it's Olympics, it's top three, because there there are few joys greater than being in the midst of of, of a man or woman who has just won a medal for the United States of America, oh. and, and they are, I mean it's it's one of one of the best days of their life, and they are contractually obligated to talk to you. Um, <laughs> and, and so you, you get to bask in their joy and their wonder and their awe. And, 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 you, and it doesn't matter whether it's like a figure skater or a curler, but they are, they are so excited. And, and, you, you, and especially a lot of these guys, because, you know, we do these profiles, so we developed an attachment to them. I spent some time with Sean White out in Colorado um, a couple months ago as he announced his retirement and, and talked about the, you know, his fifth and final games and how his life had changed in, in dramatic ways um, because of the Olympics and because he took up snowboarding as a kid. And he's getting emotional. And sure. I'm getting emotional. And because you, it's just... And, and the, the other part of it, guys, is, you know, we live in a time, unfortunately, where there are, there are so many things that divide us. The Olympic Games are one of the few things left that unite us, that unite us as a, as a country, regardless of, you know, religion or politics or geography. Or, mm-hmm. Like, we, we love Team USA. Right. Right. It, 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 yes, it's the perfect escape. And who doesn't love seeing athletes at their peak performances? These are the most impressive people in the world at what they do. Even I, who don't generally love to watch a lot of sporting events, you get so sucked into it just because you're seeing the best of the best. Oh, yeah. What I also love, I love the backstories. Because what you'll find is that none of these folks are just like us. But they all have just remarkable stories. I spent some time with the father of, uh, I don't want to give away too much, but, you know, we're doing this profile on a, a, a two of our, our curlers, uh, and it's the first time we've had a, a pair of siblings uh, curling together, and I'm talking to their dad about, <laughs> and as I tell you the story, I get choked up because I have a daughter myself. But this father talks about taking his little girls when they were eight years old for their first curling practice. Wow. And he goes, he goes to all the meets for 20 years. Curling is their life. 
This is all they do in Minnesota, outside Minneapolis. And, and here's this dad who's able to watch his two little girls compete for gold in Beijing. It's just, it's a, they're just remarkable stories of sacrifice. And that's, that's another part of it. Most of these families, they, it's, it's, you can't afford to send your, you know, your kid to these camps and, and they give up, they pick up second jobs and, you know, one parent travels to the other. I mean, it's just, ah, well, well Craig, you, I love the yeah, Olympics too. Yeah, you, you touched on my next comment, and that is not everybody's a, a Sean White or at the top no. of their game figure skater that are going to get the endorsements. And I, I've got to say that I'm jealous because, like you said, they hold down one, two, maybe three jobs, and they train, and they're great yes. athletes, and they're going to the Olympics. And here I am sitting on a Zoom call <laughs> talking to you, and I'm thinking, what in the hell have I done with my life? I do nothing. I do absolutely nothing. Why am I such a good dude? I love that Craig's getting True. emotional, and you're talking about yourself. That's just wonderful. <laughs> But yeah, as it's parents, all about me and doing nothing. For the parents <laughs> that are listening right now, and Craig and Rob, you know, you, you, we all understand this is what you do for your kids. You do whatever it takes, and yeah. whatever they they want to do, you just follow them. You just try to point them in the right direction, and you prop them up the entire time. Yeah, but these are you know these are cheap hobbies, right? And that's that's, oh. that's the thing. Like you got a lot of parents, uh, they don't they the most Olympic athletes do not come from means. So it, there's, a, there's so much sacrifice that's made. And, and, oh, by the way, this time around and in Tokyo, they're also training in the midst of a, of a, of a global pandemic. Yeah, and no so big they're, deal. They're, yeah. Well. And so inspiring to see their determination and grit. Unlike Rob, it doesn't make me sad about myself. It inspires <laughs> me to do more. Get it together, better. Rob. I'm an idiot. I, know, I think I think we we established long ago that Rob was pretty self-absorbed. <laughs> We've known that for a while, Craig. Thank uh, you, Craig. <laughs> um, I usually work out when the Today Show is on. I'm I'm a big fan of yours. I love your piece this week with uh, Reverend Kennedy talking about the old theater. I encourage people to go to today.com and check that out because you get, you're a very passionate person and I love that you bring that passion into your stories. And as you were just telling us the Olympic story, you got choked up and that's, that's one of the reasons why we love you. So thank you for coming on and be sure to check out Craig covering the Olympics. And of course the today show, you guys do a wonderful job and it's great to hear your voice again. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Be well, guys. Thank you.